Welcome to the Four Bits Podcast, Episode Three. Hi, I'm Aaron, half of the Four Bits team, and I feel that I'm starting to become the Carmen San Diego as I'm recording from Maui today. I'm an opinionated optimist, hotel snob, farm fresh nerd who lets infosec fuel the addictions from Chicago. And I'm Megan Wu. I live in the Tampa Bay area of Florida with my husband, and when I'm not volunteering for all the things, I'm usually found playing video games, binge reading suspense thrillers, or working on my grad degree. We're longtime friends here to talk with you about topics that involve or revolve around the information security industry, cybersecurity news, and hacking community. All opinions are our own and could change at any given time, usually within five minutes of stating our last opinion. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's podcast. We're going to be a little bit self-indulgent today, and we're going to do a get-to-know-the-hosts section. Both Megan and I have prepared five questions and have not shared them with each other until just now. As in, right now, we're going to ask each other completely (laughs) blind. So to start things off, I'll go ahead and kick it off, Megan, and I'll ask you my first one, and then we'll go back and forth. My first question for you is, what's the first concert you attended? First concert I attended was... I was 13 years old, and I forget who opened, but the headliner was The Who, and it was before um, Roger Entwistle died. So, oh, wow. Yeah, three out of four. It wasn't so bad. It was really cool. I loved every second of it. That is amazing. That's super cool. Yeah. And then it started a nice little tradition where we like binge listen to whoever the headliner is going to be before a concert. It's a lot of fun. All right. What was your longest held childhood dream job? Oh, that's easy. I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> I legitimately, though, it wasn't like the whole, like, I want to be a firefighter. No, I legitimately wanted to be an astronaut. And I, I worked really hard. Everyone was like, you know, do get the good grades, go to the Air Force Academy and all that. And things have changed since then. But at the time, mm-hmm. I couldn't actually become a fighter pilot and go through that part of the program because of my vision. Uh, Since I've had correction done to it, I was born without binocular vision and I had depth perception issues and had a few surgeries that have fixed it since, but that didn't help me back in in my high school days. So yeah, I wanted to be an astronaut. I used to make little fake missions when I was little and all the good (laughs) stuff. That's so cute. All right, cool. That was technically two questions, but oh well. I was just curious. That's that's okay. I'm going to give you a good one. So what was one thing that your mother or father taught you that completely changed your life? Ooh, that's a good one. What did they teach me? Okay, I think the biggest one that I keep going back to, even though like when they first said it, I kind of brushed it off as like, whatever mom and dad would be when my dad would tell me that your integrity is the only thing that can't be taken from you. You have to choose to give it away. That's a good one. Along the same lines, uh, what advice would you have given to little Aaron or to anyone else when you were first starting out? Like if you had a time machine and you could tell past Aaron one thing. Ooh, first starting out. That's an interesting timeline. I think you might have stumped me a little bit on that one. <laughs> I, one thing. Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> of things i don't know (laughs) challenge i i think actually the most important thing is don't get discouraged but and don't let other people discourage you even though it's really easy to get intimidated and discouraged just keep doing what you want to do go full force into what your goal is don't look at and don't compare yourself to other people and just try to achieve the most that you can achieve kind of like don't let other people bring you down in that in that goal 
So I guess yeah. there's, there's kind of a few little things <laughs> there, but it's it's basically the whole know what you want, go after what you want, and don't mentally beat yourself up if you don't feel like you're achieving it at the same speed as other people are. I mean, especially now, I think a lot of us have friends that you're like, oh, you just sold your company for $4 billion. What did I do today? <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think it's really easy even now. I think that's probably maybe a theme in my entire life, a mantra I should think about more often. Yeah. One of those like compare yourself to yourself only or one of those kinds of things. Kind of. And I mean, I don't want to discount looking at others and having a group of influencers that you are striving to do as well as or do Mm -hmm. better than. I mean, I think that's, there's some healthy parts to it, but there's also self-destructive if you let it overcome you. Yeah. All right. I'm going to totally like cheese it down with my next question for you. (laughs) Okay. What was your first job? Like ever? (laughs) Like the first thing that anyone, and that allowance aside, the first thing that somebody gave you money to do, Um, (laughs) which I guess sounds kind of sketchy too. So is this the first thing that I paid taxes? Uh, No, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Did we have to bring taxes into it? Uh, I mean, yes, Megan. I'm sure you reported all your income. Right. Hashtag taxation is theft. No, but the first job, even if, you know, if it's paper route or, you know, you watered somebody's lawn, what, um, what was the first, the first job you had outside of your parents paying you? My first job, actually, my first job that I got paid to do was in middle school. People would pay me to make websites like GeoCities era, really blinky, annoying horribly done websites. Aww. I think that was my first job. And then nannying. You took care of babies? I was a nanny for a family of like four kids. Yeah. For two, three years before I got my first quote unquote official job. And that's why I was like, well, if I paid income tax or whatever, you know, social security, all that, then it would be the Waffle House. What? Yeah. (laughs) Waffle House? Yeah. Now my new hero. Real job. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. <laughs> You're probably like, yeah, it really wasn't. But <laughs> oh, well, actually, I loved it because I was eight, 17 or 18, and I insisted on working the third shift because that's when all the drunks came in, and I worked at the location on the beach. So they tipped really well because I was the only waitress that had all my teeth. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> you were young, so I'm sure that helped. Yeah, That's exactly. Great. That's great. Take it all the drunks money. Yes. <laughs> so mine's, this one should be pretty easy. What fires you up recently, nowadays? What fires me up? Like, yeah, not like Twitter rage fires you up, but like what gets you pumped and ready to go? That's really hard to say. So for what gets me fired up? There's things that fill me up and make me feel like I can take on the world. And Mm -hmm. lately that's really been friends and it's been like reconnecting with older friends and knowing that I I guess I pride myself in even though I'm really, really bad at maintaining friendships due to my schedule and due to my priorities. And that's just me owning that my priorities aren't always in line with maintaining interpersonal relationships. It's just surviving half the time. Yeah. Um, Knowing that people still accept me and understand that even after years, we can sync back up and that really gives me life. I mean, I wouldn't say fire fire it up, kind of the energizing part. That's a little harder for me to identify because I I think, and we can talk about, and we can talk about that in next week's episode as far as, as far as burnout and things that you can do with that. But I always, I felt that I've been so far beyond burnout that I've, (laughs) I'm at (laughs) epically different levels of 
past burnout. And so getting fired up is really just taking some time away, even if it's a short period of time, resetting my brain a little bit. And then I, I get, then my ambition push comes back. And so that's, I guess, when I would define the getting fired up part. Okay. I think so, I meant more towards the what gives you life slash fired up. Life gives me life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Old really, friends. I think that I think that was a totally solid answer. And true people. I mean, people that don't they don't want you for anything. I think that's especially. I'll get all introspective about <laughs> kind of where we are now and why we're doing this podcast in a way. As far as like this is a kind of about what we do for a living to a degree slash hobby, but the whole getting back to your roots, getting back to people that they don't need you for anything. I think it's really easy for people to mistake friends in this, I'm using my quotey fingers, community, infosec, all these things to mistake certain friendships for legitimate friendships. Because I think that all it takes is you thinking in your head, if I decided to go work as a cabana boy and I'm no longer doing infosec, Am I still hanging out with these people? Hmm. I think that's almost one of those things you have to really consider. And there's certain people and certain friends you'll have that you absolutely would stay in touch with. And then there's some that you're just going to fade away from. So, sorry, I totally sidelined that because that's how how I feel. (laughs) That's totally fine. But I I think from a friend perspective and what gives me life, I think it's really understanding that definition and who my friends are. So back to you now. (laughs) What's a dream that you have that you've yet to achieve? Ha ha, stumped you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good one. A dream I have that I have not yet achieved. You can't use getting your degree because that's like a total (laughs) in the bag one for the spring. (laughs) I honestly don't know because something about me is I've always been really goal oriented. I have a three to five year plan at any given moment, usually. And when I get this degree, that's kind of the end of my latest three to five year plan slash goals. So I'm kind of in that panic mode where I'm like, oh, oh crap, what's next? (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know. Anything frivolous? Any material item that you've used (laughs) to buy that you want to buy in the future? Any Maseratis in your future? (laughs) I don't know. I don't really, I don't know. I don't want Maseratis or anything like that. I, for the longest time, I was like, I'm just going to rage quit InfoSec and get a dive boat and do like nice. a Captain Ron kind of thing. <laughs> Should I not encourage you? Because <laughs> that sounds amazing too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that, no, that's, that's like my alternative to the hospital dream. You know, when you're so stressed out and tired with everything, you just dream like, oh man, if I was in the hospital, I could rest. And oh I'm my goodness. used to rest. People dream about going to the hospital. To, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is like a common like psychological phenomenon. Like a lot of high achievers and who it usually happens to a lot is like uh, new moms. They run themselves ragged because they have this ideal of what a perfect mom should be. And they just get so sick and exhausted that they have these dreams where they're like, man, if I get so sick that I have to go to the hospital, then I can actually rest. That would be so nice. Oh my gosh. No, not me. Not I me. know. Well, I just don't really particularly care for hospitals. So that's, well, yeah, that would be like a stressful <laughs> experience for me, not a restful experience. But that's the problem with the dive boats like dream for me is because on paper, it sounds like an amazing idea and it sounds great. But I know that within a week or two, I will get sick of it and super anxious and need something to do. <laughs> just and you'd have to work out and I'd have to sell my boat. <laughs> and you would have to deal with people. Ugh. 
Eating not just people, but tourists. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what dive tourists are even like. That seems like a whole subsect of tourism that I'm not exposed to. It can be fun from the tourist side, but I think doing it day in and day out would suck. Mm-hmm. So I guess my answer is I don't know t- slash TBD. <laughs> so you want to buy a dive boat is what I heard. That's what right. I heard out of it. So, but you need to work in InfoSec still to afford to buy a dive boat that you never take tourists out on. Hmm. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, now I'm trying to think of the logistics of this. Can this be a thing? And then I'm like, man, I guess my unachieved goal is to become a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad thing. No, like have a, oh, actually, there we go. I would love to eventually have like a nice chalet or something in the Smoky Mountains by like Pigeon Forge or something. I oh, love that area. I do too. That is- and then I would leave it when it snows because, ugh. Is it snow? Because I can't, I don't even know how to drive in snow. <laughs> Neither does anybody else, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's- it's okay. You know how to drive in rain, which seems to be challenging for all of Florida anyway. Oh, man. I can hydroplane like a champ, but <laughs> black ice freaks me out. I can't do it. Yeah, black ice is scary. All right. So along the same lines, it's actually pretty funny. My next question for you is, what's something you say you'll do, but you never will? I always say, I'm going to stop traveling so much. I'm going to stay <laughs> home more every year. I'm going to reduce the amount that I travel every year. And, it, <laughs> and I will get there. I just haven't gotten there quite yet. It's ch- my travels changed a little bit in the last year, but it's definitely, it definitely is something I say that I'm going to do and, and I never quite get it done. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I say I do that I never do is I always say that I'm going to stop speaking at conferences that I say too. Yeah. So, and that one's debatable. I did stop. I did take a year off year or two back and that was nice, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's pro- that's probably it for me is really I, I do say that I'm gonna change my schedule to be able to be when I say home more I just mean non non-work travel so much yeah like more fun travel and like the ratio and my own accord kind of travel yeah. so all right I got one for you what kind of celebration would it be on St. Megan Day St. <laughs> Megan Day I love um... it your new holiday how how do we all celebrate this day? Well, it would be very similar to Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> there would be skulls everywhere, probably. Coffee. Lots. So much coffee. <laughs> probably just a day off to do whatever you want. Kind of like a New Year's Day where there's not a designated, oh, we have to go out and do this thing because it's the holiday. But it's just a day off where you can do whatever the hell you want. But it's typically socially acceptable to drink lots of coffee during that day because it's not normally (laughs) maybe bougie coffee like people who have their percolators and their drip coffee go out and treat themselves to a nice pour over or something i don't know so i guess my last question for you what do you think are the things that people misunderstand about you the most oh that's kind of easy yeah i know (laughs) I think people misunderstand my intent behind my words a lot because I feel that I get a very confrontational, defensive response to a lot of the things that I say. 
mm-hmm. when my intent is not to invoke a defensive response, when I'm more trying to curate a conversation or just state my opinion. I have a very strong opinion, but that doesn't mean that I don't respect somebody else having a different opinion. That again, going back to kind of our last episode where we were talking about opinions and these kind of things, I think that's really important. Yeah. But definitely that. And also, I think a lot of people don't understand that I'm really shy. If I'm in my group of people, I can be on and mm-hmm. very out there. But if I'm in a new group of people, it takes me a bit to kind of get my courage up. So I can almost seem off putting, maybe, and snobby when it's not my intent. I can get that. That's my perspective. of. <laughs> so I have my bonus question because I think this is a really cool question since we have just a few more moments. My bonus question for you, just to okay. kind of wrap things up is, what are you the most grateful for today? Today, right this moment, my inner circle. So that would be people that I talk to the most. That would be like my husband, obviously, my parents, little sister. I'd actually include probably you and Zach in that now since I talk to you guys every day. (laughs) James a little bit more. And then, of course, Jay, Joel, Cindy, and Nikita. You know, always Nikita. Yeah. And actually, if we have a couple more minutes, I do have some speed round questions. Sure. That we can both kind of answer. So what are you listening to, reading, or watching right now? Good question. I am not reading anything, although I do have a stack of books that are queued up that hopefully in December I'll get around to actually reading. I must start to finish Reader. And so Mm. I'm pretty obsessive that way. So I know that I can't start something unless I can kill it in a day or two. So (laughs) (laughs) what I'm watching, I'm, again, because we're kind of in a very heavy period for work, I'm not watching a whole lot of shows. I... I'm a modern family fan. It's really light, short, and oh. I can di- I can digest it. So yes. that's kind of what I'm what I'm watching, and what I'm listening to, freaking all over the board. So I want to kind of I guess I won't dive into it too deeply, but I will say on a side note that I am so excited for Weird Al's tour next year, Strings Attached with a full orchestra. I'm so <gasps> excited! Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's like I'm chomping at the bit to see what he does with that. So for you, same thing. I'm currently reading Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. So she talks about how courage and vulnerability in a business and leadership context. I am watching, so I watch a couple of things. My husband and I were watching Black Adder, which is an old, old BBC comedy show with Rowan Atkins, Steve Fry, Hugh Laurie, a whole bunch of other really well-known comedians from that era. And then on my own, I'm watching The Haunting of the Hill House. Oh, I heard that's good. So far, it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm kind of digging it right now. And then listening to... Since I've been doing a lot of writing this week, I listen to a lot of instrumental stuff or busy music that I can't really focus on when I write. So I am listening to John Coltrane's A Love Supreme, the Yes Fragile album, and Pink Floyd's Momentary Lapse of Reason. Oh, nice. Pretty much on repeat. (laughs) What's your current favorite video game? Well, we're we're currently in our 90 plus, I think, of Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda. We are completionists in our household, so we need to get all of the shrines, all of the hearts. We need full stamina wheels, all of the cool weapons, all the Korok seeds, all the things before we go fight Ganon. So, oh my gosh. It, it makes but, for a long play. And then after that, I think we're going to try L.A. Noir. 
Oh, nice. So there's yeah. no speed running in your family? No such thing. Well, okay. <laughs> so my little sister is actually the exact opposite. She just wants to get through the story as quickly as possible. I need all of the things, things with achievements like Borderlands and stuff. That kills me because then I'm stuck trying to get all the trophies. What about you? I kind of get that because I've been playing a ton of Civ Six lately and that it's just killing me. It's a great game, but I play it entirely strategically. I don't play it like conquer all the things. You know, I try, mm-hmm. I try to do the whole diplomacy trade route. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's been a few iterations of that. So there, I'm doing that and I do have Mario Party. So yes. I've been kind of screwing around with that on the short hauls and stuff like that because I love my Switch. When we have our little traveling consultant episode, we definitely have to go over why a Switch completes you. Uh, yes, that'll be easy, easy, so easy. I think we should wrap now. I think it's probably a, a good amount of info. I think so too. So let's talk about next week. What are we talking about next week, Erin? So next week on 4Bits, we're going to start to tackle the subjects involved in burnout and work-life integration or work-life balance, however you want to say that. I know this it's new and popular. So what we're going to be doing ahead of it, though, is we're going to be engaging via Twitter over the next week on topics and thoughts. So be sure to follow 4Bits Podcast on Twitter. And also, please be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. And give us some feedback. We'd like to know what you like, what you don't like. I know this is a lighter episode this week because we wanted you all to get to know us now that we did our first couple of introductory uh, shows. And thank you for being patient as we were delayed this week because we both got sick, in case you can't hear me sniffling constantly. Sorry about that, folks. But yeah, we hope you enjoy the show and we will see you next week. 